So there are people on any team that are really essential and, and they're kind of core team members, they're heart, spirit team members. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's important that as we're going through this process, we identify who those people are. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think not just the spirit people, but mm-hmm. the highly skilled people. Mm-hmm. Uh, often, something I've seen happen a lot is there will be a team member who has some really essential skill and the leadership, the ownership, they say, well, obviously, that guy, that gal knows they're not going anywhere. They know we need them. We don't even need to say anything. We don't even need to address that. Yeah. Obviously, gosh, we'd be tanked if we mm-hmm. lost them. We're yep. never going to let them go. But that person doesn't necessarily know that. Mm-hmm. Welcome to The Critical Path with Mary and Jason, a podcast about business development, company culture, and loving the place you work just a little bit more. Mary? This is going to be your last day today. <laughs> we're, we're downsizing. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> uh, just take your stuff and there's the door. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see you manage the accounting without me. <laughs> so if you haven't guessed, this is episode 60 and we are talking about downsizing. And survivor syndrome. And survivor syndrome, which yeah. some of you may have heard of. And yeah. if you haven't, it's going to be an interesting ride. Or maybe you're experiencing downsizing. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So um, I guess, first of all, do we have any housekeeping? Housekeeping. uh, We still have uh, online training available. So we are running our Blueprint Reading and Microsoft Project classes. So if you're interested in that, also our Art of War and Working in Control Efficiency series. uh, Those are going over well. So if you would like Mm -hmm. to find out more, go ahead and check out our website. Yeah, absolutely. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, Last week, we had a great conversation with Dan Lester from Clayco, uh, talking about diversity in construction and the role that at CDO fills. Uh, so that was super enlightening for me, and we've had a lot of good feedback. But today, we're here talking about downsizing and kind of the effect that it has on the team as Absolutely. a whole. Absolutely. So to start out with, uh, just to get some definitions out of the way. Hmm. Downsizing is the planned elimination of positions at your company. And the reason that that's relevant, because I know everyone knows generally what downsizing means. It means the bobs are coming in. It's true. So downsizing is something that we do in basically one of two scenarios. Mm -hmm. On the one hand, it can be like what's going on right now and what's most relevant at the moment thanks Mm -hmm. to COVID. Uh, when there's a slowdown or basically we can't afford to keep everyone on. Mm -hmm. So then sometimes we don't have any choice but to lay people off. Mm -hmm. But also we can downsize to become more efficient or agile as a company. So Mm -hmm. it could be you realize you could put a new piece of equipment on the line that would make it so that you don't need the same number of people. So everybody is is always evaluating their efficiency and their effectiveness as it relates to the market. How can they stay competitive? Mm-hmm. And uh, companies will turn up or turn down expenditure of the resources. They'll put more resources in one bucket or take from another. And it is always a decision of what are you going to do with your resources? How are you going to stay relevant and, and profitable? Uh, what was the quote that you read about uh, agility in business? It had to do with uh your competition. Oh, the only sustainable competitive advantage is the acquisition and sharing of knowledge. Right. Is being a learning organization. Yep. So being a learning organization is the only way to 
had a shot at staying relevant. And I think we're seeing that now more than ever. But um, it can be a tactical decision to downsize. You can, let's say if you're, I don't know, Kodak or mm-hmm. Kodak's uh, uh, mother company, you might turn down your investment in some Kodak uh, traditional photo technology mm-hmm. uh, or uh, photo development booths. Uh, or you know you, you can look at the way that the market's going and downsize certain components of your business and allocate those resources somewhere else. Or we heard a really cool thing from a, a bricklayer at some mm-hmm. point that there were these oh, yeah. really cool robot things yeah. that would do robot-assisted bricklaying. Yeah, so the, those specifically would basically uh, go on you like uh, uh, alien <laughs> Sigourney, Sigourney Weaver in the mech suit sort of pared down, obviously. But, away from her, you bitch. But it basically uh, give you additional strength and and take a lot of the load of carrying those heavy blocks all day. Uh, so we can redirect our resources to to be more efficient and stay relevant in the competition. Yep, absolutely. Uh, but so the idea there is obviously again less relevant during the COVID era. But yeah. if we are if we're downsizing. In order to be more efficient, and it's not that we can't afford to keep It's people, a choice. Then it's always the best move to strategize to keep our people and eliminate positions. Figure mm-hmm. out a way to move people around in the organization. Um, because often when we're looking at a decision to let people go, mm-hmm. we're looking at dollars and numbers on a spreadsheet. And it can feel like it's advantageous to, to do some culling. The truth is to realize that the people who are left behind in the organization, if we make sizable enough layoffs, then there is this phenomenon called survivor syndrome mm-hmm. that affects everyone who's left and has lots of effects on what's going on with our team. When it has huge impact to morale. So when you start seeing people get nicked off and uh, you're, you're kind of feeling the, the vice close in on you. Mm-hmm. Think about what that does from a, a trauma or a stress standpoint. Well, and the simplest outcome of it is often, especially again, when we're downsizing because we're in trouble, mm-hmm. then the people who are left have heavier loads. Mm-hmm. We were at a coffee shop over the weekend and uh, the employee at the coffee shop was talking about the fact that there are three employees right now working. Everyone else is furloughed, and one is her, and one is her husband. Mm-hmm. And she said, "So as long as this continues, we can both we can never both have the day off." Right. Right. So there is this heavier workload that's being carried by the mm-hmm. people who remain when we have to let a bunch of people go. And then there's this creeping fear of of uh, eventuality, like mm-hmm. this fatalistic view that. You, Who's next? Who's going to be next? And if you've ever been through uh, a culling or a downturn before uh, in, in after dot com mm-hmm. or 2008, uh, those are definitely recent situations that people can kind of, you know, see each other drop off and who's going to go next. And so there's this impending doom. We read a really cool book with our Jetpack cohort called And Then We Came to the End. Mm-hmm. And they would refer to people getting cut as walking Spanish down the hall, right. uh, which apparently came from uh, pirates. And when they would, people would go to walk the plank, then a lot of people would not willingly walk the plank. So they'd basically grab them by the scruff of their neck and drag them with their feet dragging mm-hmm. along the plank in order to toss them off the edge. And so that imagery that 
as everybody made the long walk down the hall to mm-hmm. be let go, it was almost as though they were they were being drug along being by their carried. straw. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think that when you're put into that stressful situation, then you change as a person. Mm-hmm. So you start thinking differently. You start thinking more uh, as a survivor. You mm-hmm. kind of kick on some of those baser in- instincts to try to make sure that you're safe. Yeah. So people start making decisions that are calculated to to survive, to keep their job. And they're rather than maybe take a risk that might have a really good outcome for the company that might really make a big deal to save you, they're instead going to try to just rock the boat as little as possible. They're going to start taking actions that are designed to just to keep the risk and keep the focus off of themselves. And it doesn't actually do anything to help the overall situation. We read that in that book. Uh, The idea is that they're more focused on their own livelihood and their own personal well-being and and they've totally lost focus with any of the company's goals or or agendas to uh, improve the company's standing that book was actually a really good uh, a really good piece of context for this conversation Mm -hmm. so i'll i'll put a link to the amazon book on the show notes because it was actually a really cool illustration of what starts to happen when things start coming apart Mm -hmm. yeah you start seeing holes in the wall and and cracks all around you so people who maybe were really loyal really solid team members before this all started they can start losing their sense of commitment to the company especially as the team dynamics all start to change maybe they had people they were working closely with and now those people are gone Mm -hmm. it feels like everything is just kind of you know cracks are are seeping into the walls. Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of people, when, when this starts to happen, uh, it can feel like you're losing family. And in the mm-hmm. case that that uh, these are people that you see sometimes more than you see your family. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes people don't have families at home and these people are kind of the closest thing they have. So when they start to see uh, the way that this all plays out, uh, they can really start to lose faith or or belief in what the company stood for. And anytime that we're in downsizing mode, people are paying closer attention to your behavior and to your decisions as managers and owners Mm -hmm. than ever before. Because the way that you react and the decisions that you make in this trauma say, what is it? It doesn't uh, uh, make your character, it reveals it. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah. And so... Everybody's paying attention to the character that you're revealing throughout this process. Absolutely. So there was a study about people in this survivor's syndrome scenario. And that's my band name, by the way. Mm. Survivor's syndrome scenario. Is it, a, is it a tribute to Survivor? It is. It's a Survivor tribute band. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> you know. Although I, apparently. I had, a, I had a feeling. I was hooked on it. Done feeling that's not survival. No, it's not. But same era. You know. <laughs> Doing. Look, I'm I'm under trauma. It's true. Yeah. Uh, so the the study said that basically people's actions, people's decisions, people's behavior uh, became more narrow minded instead of broad thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, became more self focused instead of team thinking, and generally became more risk averse. Which again, all of that makes sense when you're worried about whether you're going to be able to feed your family. You stop thinking about the whole team. But the the part of this that's the most relevant is that when times are tough and when everything is falling apart and we're having to let people go. We need people then to be at their best. Mm -hmm. We need people to be innovating and trying to help us find every advantage, every foothold to try to keep things 
up and turning. Well, and I think a lot of the time we get the picture in our mind that the only option that we have in going through this crisis is that we have to cut. Mm-hmm. We have to cut. There's not enough. It's a matter of scarcity. Uh, but if we have our full team with their their creativity on fire, we need to think about what other options do we have on the table? Mm-hmm. What are we not thinking about? How can we how can we take this problem and turn it on its head? Uh, what markets are growing right now? What's moving right now? Uh, and and how can we repurpose or reallocate our existing resources mm-hmm. in order to meet that need? Well, and we often hesitate to tell people that this is where we are, mm-hmm. that we're considering layoffs because we don't want anybody to freak out or yep. we don't want anybody to run. Uh, but the truth is, if we were able to sit down with our team and say, okay, things aren't looking good. Mm-hmm. Who has ideas? Mm-hmm. It's possible that that, and, and we have another podcast coming up about motivation, mm-hmm. but it's possible that that could be a huge motivator. Even if the person isn't afraid they're going to lose their job, if they feel like they're protecting their teammates, if they feel like they're protecting their team, mm-hmm. what ideas could people come up with that maybe could change it so that we don't have to lay anyone off at all? Yeah, and in any teams that, that provide services for other clients for customers, mm-hmm. like most people do, uh, I would put that idea out there to the team, like, pretend we're advising one of our customers on what to do, mm-hmm. right? This is the problem that they're faced with. These are the resources that they have. Uh, what recommendation would you make in order to to adjust or, or pivot in this situation? Mm-hmm. And I think that anything we can do to get outside of our own heads and our own minds, we're going to do much better in that situation and come up with a real solution. Well, and so we kind of made the segue without even meaning to from what happens mm-hmm. when we do layoffs to what do we do about it? Right. How do we how do we change it? How do we make it better? So, of course, the first thing is to think strategically and carefully mm-hmm. before you make the decision to downsize. Don't react. Don't don't just take that fear and and jump. And I think we saw a lot of companies uh, when at the onset of COVID where they just immediately reacted and laid off everyone yep. or laid off 75% or fired 50%. Mm-hmm. It just happened like overnight. And they didn't even take the time to think about what other options they have on the table. Yep. Well, and not only to think about other options, but just to keep in mind that uh, if if what we're doing, if we're going to go down to a cost-benefit analysis, mm-hmm. understanding this greater cost of this survivor syndrome among our whole team, and understanding that that's part of what we're getting ourselves into if we're going to make major layoffs. Mm-hmm. Well, and you're going to pay that cost. Are you actually getting a benefit out of it? Right. Right. And the way that you go about making some of those changes can have a huge impact on people's perception and on the team's perception of what kind of company we work for. Mm-hmm. So when you run all the numbers and you really have no choice, you really got to let people go, uh, then the next thing you really want to think about is you want to strategize about which positions and which people you're eliminating. Mm-hmm. You want to really, you don't want to just panic and let go of the most expensive people or... The oldest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to really think through how to how to do this in a way that is going to work the best moving forward, keeping in mind that... Uh, everyone who's left is going to have those heavier workloads, trying to make sure we're going to be able to balance this and make this work. Mm-hmm. And it's also important for the folks that that do get cut, uh, it's important that you provide resources or some sort of support 
to make sure that they land on their feet. Uh, this is something that we spend a lot of time doing with folks that we work with, and we work with them through companies. And it's important that uh, we help them get to their next home. Yeah, absolutely. It's important that yeah, you're just ignoring the outline Whatever. at this point. It's fine. I was I'll do like, I want. what are we doing here? Okay, Jason's going want. rogue. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I do. So, Jason's going rogue is the jetpack. We've been missing jetpacks lately. Is that like the Star Wars reference? No, it's no. just just going rogue. Oh. You know. So it's the Sarah Palin reference. No, I wasn't going there. Oh. I, I'm never referring to Sarah Palin. Okay. Not ever. Well, you already did. I no, you did. Okay. I had to respond to it. Look, the point is. I'm sorry to have this conversation with you. You can't fire me. <laughs> I'm co-owner of the business. You can't. Okay. Anyway. So we were talking about outreach for people. Well, I'm going to finish this point before mm -hmm. I jump back up to yep. where we were in the outline. Uh, for people who have lost their jobs. So it's important not only because those are real people who can really be in trouble, uh, it's also important because the people who are left, if they perceive that we are treating everyone like human beings mm -hmm. and trying to extend a hand however we can to the people that we couldn't keep on, they'll know that we'll do the same thing for them mm -hmm. if that unfortunate circumstance should happen to them. Yeah. So it's important for keeping morale up as well as being the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Well, and in the same way where we talk about uh, leaving well, we had an episode where we talked about how to leave a business, how to leave a company. Mm -hmm. uh, you want to offer that same courtesy to the people who you can no longer keep on. Yeah, absolutely. So the next point in the outline <laughs> is providing training or coaching. I just edited it in. Did you? I did. Good job. Yep. <laughs> is providing training or coaching regarding the new environment. So now that we're down a couple of people, our, our structure is going to work a little bit different. And if people are going to be taking on tasks that they didn't before, mm -hmm. don't just assume that they can do that. You know, especially a lot of times if someone was a superior to someone else, we'll assume that they're going to be perfectly capable of just picking that work up and running with it. Uh, and that doesn't mean that they can. It doesn't mean that they necessarily know how. There are a lot of project managers who have no experience as a project engineer. There are a lot of PMs who just can't do it. They've never done it. They jumped right into a PM role, mm -hmm. regardless of what they should know how to do. It, it, you just need to be careful not to assume that they know how to do it. We just want to make sure everyone has the training that they need mm -hmm. and the coaching that they need. And the coaching also involves talking about this survivor syndrome mm -hmm. and talking about what's going on. Because often a thing that can happen is we just don't address things. We don't talk about it at all. And that can feel really weird and dissonant to people. So there are people on any team that are really essential and, and they're kind of core team members, they're heart, spirit team members. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's important that as we're going through this process, we identify who those people are. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think not just the spirit people, but mm -hmm. the highly skilled people. Mm -hmm. uh, often something I've seen happen a lot is there will be a team member who has some really essential skill and the leadership, the ownership, they say, well, obviously that guy, that gal knows they're not going anywhere. They know we need them. We don't even need to say anything. We don't even need to address that. Yeah. Obviously, gosh, we'd be tanked if we mm -hmm. lost them. We're yeah. never going to let them go. But that person doesn't necessarily know that. Mm -hmm. So when we're letting people go, 
if we have specific people, whether it's because they are that spirit employee central function, or if it's because they have a skill that we really need, mm -hmm. we want to make sure that we talk to those people and let them know that we need them. Uh, let them often one really helpful way to communicate to them that they're not going to lose their job without just coming right out and saying, well, these other guys, mm -hmm. all of them are yep. risk, but not you. Right. Instead is to bring that person into the sort of transition mm -hmm give them a role in that mm -hmm. transition, kind of make it clear that you're going to need them throughout this process uh, in order for them to see that that their their place is secure. Yeah, find a way to engage them specifically that, mm -hmm. that showcases their skills. Yep, absolutely. And then the big picture, we want just constant communication. Mm -hmm. uh, again, this is a place where often the flow of information stops. People get nervous. People uncomfortable. Get uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, and, and we just don't talk and we'll decide to lay people off and then no one hears about it until after it's already done. Yeah. Or sometimes we don't talk about it at all. Yeah. Sometimes just, we just tell the people we're laying off. They're that just magic away. Off. This is like V for Vendetta. They just, you know, get disappeared mm -hmm. and, and we don't say a word about it. And so we're, we're always asking clients who are in this position, what did you tell the team? Mm -hmm. What was the plan? What, what kind of messaging did you use? Did you have a going away party? Mm -hmm. uh, did, you, did you have any kind of celebration or thanks? Or... Well, and again, during COVID, that mm -hmm. could be rough, but yep. you still should have a Zoom meeting mm -hmm. and talk about it. And if, if you can, it could be good to have that meeting with the people who are being let go. Mm -hmm. If it's not too... Uh, if it's not too difficult, if it's not too emotional, mm -hmm. to give them a chance to to say goodbye, because especially with COVID, more so than any other time, like normally, if you got to lay people off, they can still come into the office, mm -hmm. get their stuff, say goodbye. Well, and and I felt like uh, when I worked for Lee Crutcher Lewis in two thousand eight, they did it kind of a, a class act way. It's weird, <laughs> uh, but but I totally understand the reasoning behind it. They had to lay off huge percentage of their workforce. It was just a very, very large percentage. I want to say over 75%. Mm -hmm. And they just cut to the quick. And the, the messaging that they gave out was, we want to keep you all as employees and we want you to stay on and you're welcome to come in and you're welcome to participate, but we just can't afford to pay you. <laughs> right? And the majority of us were like, well, I mean, that's not going to work for me. Mm -hmm. uh, but but I appreciate mm -hmm. the the messaging. I appreciate the spirit of what it is that you're saying. And some people could withstand that. Mm -hmm. Some people who could really afford to go a few months without a job yeah. might just stick around mm -hmm. so that they can secure their position at the other end. Yeah. This is a little like a Cadence, 17, had really just settled into a job in a, in a restaurant and called her boss and said, look, if you need me, like I don't have bills to pay. I live with my parents. Mm -hmm. So I can just work for you, help you through COVID, and we can square up later. Yeah. And uh, that's not what the owner of the restaurant did. Cadence has been getting paid, but she's been the only employee there every mm -hmm. weekend for over a month now. Yeah. And so what her relationship will look like there at the other end of this will be different as a result of that conversation. Yeah. And it can be really valuable to get creative on trying to figure out how to keep people on that way. But I think that it, it shows so much of who you are and what you stand for mm -hmm. uh, when you have to carry some of these things out. How do you treat each other? How do you treat the people that work for you? What sort of thanks uh, do you give to them? Well, and, and over COVID, mm -hmm. uh, 
I've been hearing a lot of, of evidence where people would cut everyone's pay in order to not let anyone go mm-hmm. and got a lot further with that than they thought they would, mm-hmm. where they expected everyone to really kick and scream when it became communicated that you're all taking this pay cut so that you all can keep getting paid something. Mm-hmm. And that really contributes to a sense of team and a sense of going through a hardship together. Well, and there was, but uh, in, in 2008, I know that there's an engineering company that furloughed folks a couple days a week. And so essentially they, uh, they paid them part-time mm-hmm. and they filed for unemployment the other part of the time. Mm-hmm. And it actually dropped a handful of folks into a lower tax bracket and they had more time off at home. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of this win-win all around where a lot of people really got used to that uh, and, and enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that being open to some creative solution uh, should definitely be on the table. Yeah, And don't make assumptions. Mm-hmm. Don't make assumptions that uh, everyone's going to freak out when, again, especially with COVID, like everybody is kind of having to make uh, make room right now for a lot of weird stuff. Yeah, uh, but over-communicating is really good. You want to make sure that you share as much as you can within the, the confines of HR law. Yep, you want them to hear it from you. Mm-hmm. So this is not the place to just put it in an email, to bring in a consultant, to delegate to someone else, mm-hmm. yeah, to, to do it for you. The people who are remaining, as well as the people who are laid off, they all need to hear what's going on from you. Mm-hmm. And again, this kind of comes back to the conversation we had earlier about have a meeting to allow some input. Again, uh, it's hard. Nobody wants to let people know that we're thinking about laying people off before we tell people they're laid off. Yeah. But it can be good to have a meeting about this and say, we're considering some cuts. We're really worried. Mm-hmm. We can't afford to keep going. Who has ideas? What do you got? What do you guys have? Because even when it seems like there's no solution to you, it could be that some idea would come from the team that could make all the difference. Mm -hmm. And that if you don't do that, you'll never know if it could have happened. And it's valuable to think about in the future, how how do we get better positioned to avoid this? And how would we deal with it? Uh, so we've been planning for years with a handful of our clients on downturn strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the plan for for buffering yourself, for reducing your risk, for uh, creating stable revenue sources, mm-hmm. for decreasing your overhead? What are what are the strategic things that we can do to to reduce the likelihood that we'll be here again? So strategically, that's good mm-hmm. for you. But more importantly, again, is the communication piece that. Once we let people go, this is a good time to tell the people remaining what that plan is, Mm -hmm. what those action items are. That there is a plan at all. That there is a plan to try to defend against this in the future, how they are a part of that plan, Mm -hmm. what they can expect to see happen as a result of us taking action to to buffer against this in the future, and then make sure they see that happen. Even if it's six months, a year down the road, they won't necessarily forget. Mm -hmm. So it's important in the moment that we give them, you know, this is kind of like the rollout of the phases uh, with COVID where Mm -hmm. everybody just needs that feeling. Phase mm 1.5. Everyone needs that feeling of being able to see normalcy somewhere out on the horizon. Well, and that there's a plan. I think that that's Mm -hmm. what so many people are missing right now from 
uh, every level is what is the plan? What are we going to do? And I think the more that you can provide that feeling or, or sense of direction, uh, the, the more attached, the more loyal, the more committed your team's going to be for your mission. Yep, absolutely. So it's not a fun thing, we. <laughs> but it's an important thing to talk about again, especially right now. Yeah. And it's important that you get it right. Absolutely. Yeah. So what else? I don't know. Anything else to say about it? Did we close that? I feel like it. I mean, we- Is that we, pretty rocked? We did the whole outline we once- We rocked it out. Once we resolved your little mess up there. Look, I edited it. It's fine. <laughs> I clean up my messes. By what? Telling me to edit the podcast in a certain way? Hey, Mary, can you edit that podcast you know in a what? certain way? If I'm fired, it's going to be real hard for me to edit this podcast. Look, you have a job in the future. To edit your mistake out of this podcast? Out of the past. Yes. <laughs> Got it. You're a future employee. Got it. Just can't pay you. Well, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, you can find us. You can find us. At www.arcadewayfinding.com. You can find us on uh, Jason Does TikTok. Uh, you have been forbidden by both of our teenagers to post anything on TikTok ever again. And forbidden by the uh, Google uh, the Play Store. Oh, what, because they took it off? Yeah. If, if anybody out there should ever look at Jason's TikTok, there is one video, there is actually, this is true, there is a TikTok <laughs> account that is Jason's, and there's one video on it where Cadence is asleep in the living room, yep. and Jason is zooming in and out on her face chanting oh my god she's tiktok famous <laughs> and then she got tiktok famous it's, off of that video it's no she was telling us she was already tiktok famous gosh well are you gonna take credit for it is that how that works oh uh, yeah i did it <laughs> i did it you, you can find us on uh, arcadewayfinding.com yep you can go straight to the podcast at the critical path podcast.com uh we're all over linkedin all over it yeah uh, you can find us in West Seattle Corporate Center. Uh, we are accepting guests now yeah, under let's, certain conditions. Yeah, let us know ahead of time yeah. because the building is still locked down. Yeah. Uh, watch for it. Yeah, watch for it. See you next time. Oh my God, she's TikTok famous. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs>